Philippine, we are continuing our sermon series on radical hospitality. We're going to be talking this morning uh, about how we can embody this sense of welcome together. We've split this series that we've been in, so we're in week three of this series, up into two halves for us. And the first half has to do with kind of our readiness. Are we ready? And then next Sunday and the two weeks to follow, or the three weeks to follow, we're going to be moving on how do we extend that hospitality. Now, let me be clear from the beginning that I believe that God's mission is one of radical hospitality, where God includes and embraces us as opposed to pushing us away or excluding us. And so, friends, there is no better day to talk about that than on Communion Sunday where we celebrate God welcoming us to the table. And it is, after all, 4th of July, right? And so we will be talking a little bit about how that might relate to what we might see as hospitality. But before we get there, let me tell you of a troubled college student who had just finished his uh, undergrad degree in youth ministry and learned all the, all the mysteries of the universe, right? Especially learned all of the ways in which uh, America had done different things in different countries. I had learned about colonialization for the first time. I had learned about uh, sort of the racial dynamics of the time. I'm talking about myself, all right? My troubled college student. And so I, there I was graduating from college with all of this knowledge and just readiness to explore the world, right? And so I went off to the country of Japan to teach English in a rural community about an hour and a half north of Tokyo. And I know many of us in the room have spent various stents in Japan, and so perhaps you can resonate with me on this. But I knew zero kanji which is uh, the more difficult version of their alphabet, because if you didn't know and haven't spent time in Japan, they have three different alphabets. They have katakana, which is the alphabet for foreign words that was pretty easy for me, like Nintendo and McDonald's, although they say them a little bit different. But then they have hiragana, which is kind of the added, uh, to add on to the kanji, which is essentially characters that represent the thing. So you can imagine when we're talking about anything from the mountains to the rivers to the ocean, they're not letters you put together, they're just different symbols altogether. So you have to learn like some 3,000 symbols to even get to a level of fluency to be able to read a Japanese newspaper. And there I was, fresh out of college, with zero friends, zero experience reading Japanese. I'd been to Japan two times before on uh, the off of Okinawa. We were leading a U.S. high school military uh, camp uh, for U.S. high school military kids. But other than that experience, I had zero experience in Japan. And I was ready to experience another country, another perspective, to get outside of the context of the U.S. where I had been raised and formed. And it wasn't until I found myself in a grocery store that I realized how lost I was. And if you know what I'm talking about is if you've gone into a grocery store where all of the things in the aisles are in a different language you, that you don't know how to read, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
And I've experienced hospitality through my principal that would take me out to get sushi once a month. I experienced hospitality through uh, Koguchi-sensei, who is my English teacher. I would assist her in the classrooms. But it wasn't until that grocery store experience that I really experienced a real new perspective of hospitality. Because there I was, wandering through the aisles of this grocery store, hoping and praying I was choosing the right things, right? Like, can of marinara sauce is not so easy when you cannot read the directions on how to prepare that said dish, whether it's a concentrate, which of course I have failed in getting that, or whether it's something that you need to, you know, add water or just simply heat up. But the worst of all was tuna, a simple can of tuna. I had no idea that there was such a horrible thing as putting oil in your tuna can until I lived in Japan. I was used to just water, you know, you drain it out and it's good to go. And of course, they put, for whatever reason, a blue symbol on the oil can with a kanji that says oil, so every normal person would know that this is an oil-based tuna can versus the normal water one that I was looking for. And I remember desperately just sitting there because I had gotten it wrong a number of times and I don't remember those sorts of details, just looking back and forth between the two until some auntie walks up to me, happened to know English, and asks me, do you need help? Do you need help? Of course, yes, I needed help. And I knew enough Japanese to speak Mizu, Mizu, I wanted Mizu, ahi, tuna. She knew exactly what I was looking for and grabbed the can. And I tell you, I experienced hospitality in that moment more than others because it was in that moment that I found myself as a foreigner in a new land. It was in that moment that I had an experience that many foreigners find when they journey somewhere new. And it's that experience that these three travelers wandered into as they came into Mamre, filled with luscious greens and tall trees, and Abraham is there in that place. They're foreigners in a distant land on a journey. And what does Abraham do? Come, rest in the shade. You must be weary. Let me give you something to drink. Let me give you something to eat. As simple as offering water and food to these travelers was an example of hospitality where someone, as they wander into a foreign land, might feel welcome and might feel whole at some level. What we didn't include in our scripture reading is the juxtaposition that takes place throughout Genesis 18 and 19. You have Abraham, who is the ideal epitome of what it means to welcome the stranger, followed by the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's a loaded phrase, right? The sin of Sodom will bring up all sorts of ideas and images throughout the history of the United States, especially on what in fact that means. But let me be clear here, it is juxtaposing the faithful act of Abraham to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Because just after this passage, the travelers wander into this place. Two travelers go into the place called Sodom. And Abraham's nephew Lot goes and tries to plead with them, please stop, do not go to this sinful place of Sodom. Do not go there. And they eat with Lot and they spend time with Lot. But then before nightfall, they go on into the city and they persist to find their way into the city. And then there's this exchange between Lot and the travelers. Please do not go into the city because all of a sudden a rally started in the city. And all the men of the city came out in force to do terrible things to these travelers. And Lot pleads with the people, please do not do these atrocious things to these travelers who have come into our midst, and yet they persist nonetheless, until thankfully these travelers, who happen to be angels sent by God, blind all the men of the city and saves Lot and that small band together. Friends, if anyone ever asks you the sin of Sodom, it's clear even from the words of Jesus himself, who references this in the book of the Gospel of Matthew, a sin of inhospitality. Next week, when we are, we're going to be talking soon about Jesus sending out the twelve, and he says to them, go out and experience hospitality, and if they do not give it to you, it'll be worse than those of Sodom. It will be worse for those of Sodom. You have the faithful opening of his home and food and time for these travelers, followed by the aggression and the violence that takes place in Sodom and Gomorrah. Two polar opposites, two ways in which to treat the foreigner in the midst. Because this is one thing you need to know. Central, central to a biblical value-based virtue. Like So biblical virtue is hospitality. Hospitality is central to understanding how we relate to God and one another throughout the Bible. Period. It is a core value of ours. And remember that it's God's mission to embrace and to not exclude. And, you know, when we look back on the Bible and we hear all of these stories like Sodom and Gomorrah and God punishing an entire city, we miss the nuances that the entire purpose of that dichotomy is to show us how to be hospitable versus how to exclude and to do violence upon one another. And so my time in Japan taught me a little bit about how to include. And friends, I don't know about you, I don't know if you've walked into Whole Foods or in downtown Kailua, and I promise you, you will be given the opportunity to extend that sort of hospitality. It was the strangest thing when I moved to Hawaii and I was going to Kahala Mall and I would see Japanese tourists that would be taking pictures at Whole Foods, at the items on the shelves. But then I saw one time 
a woman that was trying to differentiate peanut butters. <laughs> and with the little Japanese I could speak, I helped her, gave her an opportunity. When I was first on the island, I had never been to Hawaii before in my life. Ashley had. She said, yes, we will go at the drop of a hat. And so there I was with my family, and we were going to go to the most beautiful beach that was nearby in Hawaii. And of course, it was Sandy's Beach, right? And for some of you who have been here for more than a few months, you shake your head and say, Brian, you do not bring your three-year-old and your one-year-old to Sandy's Beach. But there we were, and off they start running into the water until this uncle sprints in and says, no, don't let him go in the water. Because if you have been here long enough to know that there's a nickname for Sandy's Beach, Breakneck Beach, for a reason. Small tokens of hospitality for those that are foreign. And friends, on this 4th of July Sunday, I would be remiss not to talk about how I experienced that hospitality, not only when I was in Japan, but I realized that we in our nation have unique ways in which we embody hospitality, perhaps in different ways. Because as beautiful it was for me to be welcomed into that community and be shown all sorts of hospitality, there's also an underside like there is in all cultures. I was given hospitality because I was Anglo-looking. We're Brazilian or people of darker skin color that were not part of the Japanese mono-ethnic community were not given. And they lived kind of on the sides and kind of didn't have the full inclusion that they were hoping for. And it's as I was experiencing that juxtaposition in Japan, although I had been welcomed and been taught about what hospitality looks like, from the, my Japanese friends, I'm reminded of one of our core principles and values in our nation. Written in this poem that's on the screen, and I'm sure it won't take long for many of you to recognize it, not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea, washed, sunset gates shall stand, a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name mother of exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities fame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempt-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Words of the new Colossus, written upon the foundation of the Statue of Liberty, is one of the ways I've seen our value in this country of hospitality. Those of us who find our heritage and whatever ethnicity know at some level the hospitality of the United States that has welcomed us. And we've had dark passes that we're reminded of as we open the news. And, and that's not to say that there's histories that we can't talk about and shouldn't talk about, but there's virtue there still. And one of the virtues is this opening of our place where people can become whoever they want to be, where a poor German immigrant can come 
and builds a life. For someone looking to flee violence can take refuge and find a sanctuary. And we could get into a political conversation and you could ask ourselves, are we embodying these words that these noble words upon the Statue of Liberty. But instead of that conversation, the question I ask is any ideal that we hope to live into, whether it's an ideal that we hold or our community isn't up to a government or even a church for that matter to embody, it is up to the individuals within the country and that community to live into it. So my question is, is not, are we doing this or how do we do this as a community or a nation? My question is, how are you embodying the sort of hospitality that is written in the founding principles of who we are, this open doors mentality as a country? We're, like, unlike so many other places, we have a sense of diversity here in this nation that's to celebrate. And that's one that I experienced also while living abroad. Our question, though, is will we exclude or embrace? It's simple. And we can do it, friends, in simple ways in our lives. It can be as much as just helping a traveler who is here in our community find their way versus simply scoff and say they must be a tourist. It could be as simple as helping a new family assimilate into our community by asking them out to dinner or taking them on a hike or a walk. Hospitality is putting yourself in the shoes of that foreign traveler and inviting them to be one to be come to the table together. So friends, how are you welcoming? How are you embodying the words of Jesus who says, whatever you do to the least of these, that you do to me? Through offering uh, food, through slowing to have a conversation. Because, friends, I know I say this a lot, and I know we don't like to think it because, you know, we open hearts, open minds, open doors, but not everyone sees Christians that way. Often people see us as those who exclude, not wearing the right clothes, not using the right language, not having the right values, not looking the same way, not having the same identity or orientation, or whatever it is, they see us as people that are pushing away the embrace of God. But friends, the mission of God is what? Not to exclude, but to embrace. And it's difficult because people are different. 
We have different stories and different backgrounds and different histories, but isn't that one of the things that we celebrate on this day as a nation? The pride in a diverse community. It's not something we celebrate here in Hawaii, but it is something we must work towards day in and day out because it is so easy to build our group and leave the other aside. So how will you welcome to the table? To this table, but to your tables in your life. The tables where you grab a cup of coffee and you learn stories. The tables where you eat together as a family. The tables where you play together at the beach. Because all of us have been invited to the table. And God, who was holy other, came to be with us so that we might find hospitality. And so in the same way that God embraced us and didn't exclude us from the table, let us do the very same. This morning we're going to have a prayers of the people that's different than the way that we typically do it because I wanted to give us some time to think. We've covered a lot of ground together and to pray. And so Carol, rather than playing her normal offertory, is going to play a, a Bach piece that's prayerful. And I want to invite you to use this time to pray as an individual. You can do it with your eyes closed and use the music to guide you however you want. Or if you want to follow the prayers of the people that we typically do, those prompts, those prompts are going to be on the screen and kind of go from praying for the world to praying for the earth to praying for the nation. And you can follow those as opportunities to guide you throughout this time of prayer. But however you choose to do it, let us reflect together on how we might embody the hospitality that God extends to us so that those to whom love is a stranger might find home in us. Let us pray together.